0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. One of the current topics they talk, we listen. This episode is a continuation of the hospitality series on Heads Talk. My guest today has been in a number of C-suites and directorial positions. She has worked in the hotel business and has had leading marketing roles for nearly 20 years. We're going to talk about her recent role as the Chief Marketing Officer for a leading and well-known hotel chain, and the effects the pandemic has had on the sector. But before we get into that, here's a message from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Bird Capital. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter. Karen Plum is the former Chief Marketing Officer of Premier Inn. She has also had a number of roles in the organisation, to include the Director of B2B Sales and Marketing, And the director of digital marketing. Karen has worked for other well-known brands in the hospitality business to include TripAdvisor where she was the senior director of global sales and marketing strategy and prior to that she was the EMEA commercial director. Karen's expertise lies at the heart of e-commerce marketing strategy and sales leading customer acquisitions product promotion and delivering organizational change as well as digital transformation programs. She has worked on a global level In a rapidly changing environment and has developed profitable partnerships with other C-suites in her organization such as the CIO and the CFOs. Described as a leader that cuts through ambiguity, Karen is honest in her delivery and just gets things done, highly respected by those she leads as well as her peers and individuals even said that they have joined her recent organization solely because of their initial interaction with her. To add to this Karen also finds time to provide digital mentoring delivering workshops to charities and organisations during the pandemic. Let's hear more from Karen herself. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Karen to Head's Talk. Many thanks for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Elaine, for having me. Thanks, Karen. Um, As mentioned in the introduction, um, this is a continuation of the hospitality series. And it would be great to get the perspective from a, a market leader, um, as well as someone who has spent a lot of time in the industry, and most recently in a hotel chain. Okay, let's start. The first question is a, is a common one, but everyone that I've spoken to on Heads Talk provide me with a very different take and reaction to the situation, a year on from Covid. How has it impacted the hotel business? I mean, we can hazard a guess, but it would be great to hear it from someone who has worked in that space, especially when the pandemic broke. How has it impacted your role as CMO? Well, the first
1: thing is, obviously, I'm currently not working, so, and I'm not the only one within the um, hospitality industry. It's, it's hitting the hospitality and the travel industry overall very significantly. And, and the interesting thing is how we all come out of this at the other end, because with restrictions leading, lead, um, there's going to be changes I think long term in the industry um, and there's going to be a whole different focus especially leisure and leisure will bounce back I've got no doubt about that but how the b2b industry the corporate travel will change and the the balance between domestic and international visitors to hotels over time I think it will change but I think having been in hospitality industry for a long time the one thing is there's always especially when you're looking at in a global role there's always a something happening somewhere in the world. There's always a crisis, there's always a dip, but there's usually other areas in the world that sort of compensate for that. This is the first time I've ever seen something global, truly global that has impacted every
0: aspect.
1: So we're sort of in uncharted waters to a bit here now, I think.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed. And you know, we in our sort of layman position, we have read some of the stories and, and seen the data provided in the newspaper. About the impact of the pandemic, especially the lockdown that ensued, and um, you have held seat level positions and have therefore managed quite a number of staff and members generally, but a bit—you've never have had to have this sort of conversation with them. At the time, what was being said to them um, when well, you have I'm- a hotel that has a, a, a high percentage occupancy one day and zero the next? How can you possibly? prepare for that what were the conversations that were being happening at the time
1: well the, yeah I wasn't party to all of them but obviously there's two there's two complete different aspects is you've got to look after your team you mm-hmm. going through a very um, concerning time because there was especially I mean the beginning of this nobody really knew how long mm-hmm. it was going to be what the impact was how to rapidly deploy homeworking so you obviously got to look after your team and how they can continue working mm-hmm. but also the customers and And that's like, how do you help the customers understand what's going on? How do you refund, um, especially when you've got some rates that are non-refundable normally, how do you adapt your rates and your processes and then you know, obviously, then just how do you keep the business afloat? What spending do you need to do? What spending don't you need to do? How do you just the, the initial flurry of activity was, would be huge to keep this and just trying to keep everyone? I guess the only thing you could say is be honest with everyone throughout this, especially at the beginning, it wasn't always clear, you know, how long lockdown would last, what the rules, you know, it was going to be interim. Was it three weeks? Was it so it was just a case of trying to keep everyone. As appraised as everything, and then trying to do the best by the customer to give them the, 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 the reassurance and ultimately their money back that because um, they couldn't travel anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, have you got a, 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 um, any numbers on the occupancy levels that were or percentages that were pre pandemic and then immediately after? I mean, have you got a, sort of any figures or numbers? Of, um... Well, I,
1: I mean, I can quote you from the Premier in annual, annual report came out earlier in this week and so um they were in high occupancy in the 80s prior to this and then come the pandemic they all of a sudden go from over 800 hotels to having nearly 40, only 40 hotels open mm-hmm. um and even then they probably wouldn't be fully fully occupied because of um they were for key workers only yeah. um so i mean really dramatic stuff and even as hotels reopened Um, I think it was probably August time hotels started opening again that there was still I would not going back to 100 percent occupancy. So from a from a chain used to having high occupancy Mm -hmm. to suddenly coping with um, mid occupancy is very dramatic. I mean, I think a lot would depend on the structure of the hotel company. So hotel like Premier, Premier Inn owns and operates quite a lot, owns and operates all their properties, whereas other hotel chains are more leasehold or franchise, and they've got much more to worry about in rents and rates and all those other elements, let alone, you know, dealing with the staff payments, furlough, you know, working with the government on on, on all of that. So I think it's going to have a long-term impact on the hotel industry. Mm-hmm. on how 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 hotel chains yeah. come out yeah. of this. And, um, and I
0: think we're going to talk in sort of greater detail about going forward on that. So perhaps um, hold that point, Karen, or we'll elaborate on that further. But you also touched upon something which we're going to move straight into. You talked about um, some the premier hotels. Um, some of them were being used by um, the key workers. I'd like to know, what is your understanding sort of generally about hotels and hoteliers? What do they do? and probably are still doing to try and keep afloat. This is all about survival mode. What are some of the diversifying initiatives that you know and can talk about?
1: Well, I I think that's still, I mean, I think hotels are in survival, have been in survival mode, um, because closing a hotel and opening a hotel again is not a small feat in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously going through that process, but I do think going forward, um, there is going to be look of how else to use space, you know, depending on, you know, what what we could do with daylights, you know, for office, you know, the future of working with is going to be much around temporary office space. Mm-hmm. Can hotels play a part in that sort of thing? There's there's the, I'm sure there's thoughts going through um, and how. And that this, you'll probably t- we'll touch on this more later. But how to better use data mm-hmm. to get closer to the hope, um, customers and understand what they truly want, mm-hmm. um, and build a better relate, a more one-on-one relationship with them mm-hmm. to help service their needs better.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, in terms of government intervention, it's played a major role in ensuring the survival of many businesses. You talked about furlough, but in your opinion, what government policies or actions? Have hindered or helped during these times and going forward? What real real world examples can can you tell us about to illustrate your and or elaborate your answer?
1: Well, I think furlough is an obvious one that's helped because that's maintained the workforce, even though the, the, the hotel chains can't pay for them at the moment. They've, they've obviously, some are contributing towards the salary, some are using 100% just the furlough. But I think that's keeping the, for what, the workforce ready for when the reopening happens. So that's sort of really helped. Hindering, I think the, the main, you know, there's probably quite a few things, but some of it's been the uncertainty about what day everything reopens so you can plan, Um, for instance, now in the UK um, we're ready to reopen on May the 17th, but I still think at this time when we're talking the government still could change their mind it looks highly unlikely. Mm -hmm. um, But the government could still say no, we want to push it back or not they've kept the right. To mm-hmm. change, so there's a bit of the uncertainty, and I think in certain cases there was quite a lot of quick decision making about schools opening, and closing, and things that impacted um, people's working lives just to enable them to keep going. So I think it's it's been a mixture, but I, you know I think there's been good and bad that's come out of it. But on the whole, for instance, most furlough has been the most important to keep the workforce in place. Okay, so um,
0: let's let's look at. Um, going forward, I mean, you talked about the hotels potentially reopening in the UK um, in May, May the 17th you said. So I'm gonna ask this hopefully a straight question, Where in the hat as the, the CMO, what initiatives should be introduced to restart and reboot in this sector? And how should this be driven and implemented?
1: Well, I think there's two two elements that's going to come into play. One, currently due to travel restrictions, you can only be talking to your domestic audience. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, hotels have a significant international. And then initially, it's going to be leisure. There's going to be quite a lot of bounce back of leisure in the UK, especially in hotels and coastal resorts and leisure destinations. So the first thing is to secure all the business there. So you've obviously got your databases to use to mine to make sure you're talking to the customers giving them the right offers there's also thinking about what flexibility do people need in rates um, and plans to make sure that they feel secure that if they make a booking they can cancel it they can change it so people can book with ease um, and I think they're the two things that initially. Then, obviously, longer term thinking about the bounce back of the business market, be it either the corporate or the more sort of tradespeople sort of travel market. And I think how how is that going to come back, and then what planning can you do to make sure that you're front of mind and centre of mind to make sure that you're talking to the corporate booking managers or whoever it might be to start securing those bookings for when they come. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we, we all know the, the Airbnb model, um, and it's probably it's fair to say that it's fared better during this, this crisis. In fact, in the heart of the pandemic, December 2020, the company became a public company via an IPO. It, it's very much a digital company, little physical, physical assets, and you know, it's B2B or B2C via online means. I hope this is a straightforward question, but I suspect it's probably not. What lessons going forward could be learned from their approach or model in your business?
1: Well, I think they are a very different model in, in Airbnb as a platform in that they don't own the properties, so they don't have that, that, those assets or those um, ongoing costs that, that a normal hotel chain um, would have. But there's definitely the digital first element, the, the the platform, and I think a lot of hotels are already on that, will have been for quite a long time, talking about book direct and getting that message across. But obviously, they've always been a book direct from startup and have managed to leap from that. So I think there's there's something about learning from the simplicity of their platform and how they handle bookings and how they um, give that flexibility to. Um, either vacation or business travellers, that is that, that that is what is so attractive and how maybe that can be sort of utilised across um, the hotel sector. It is quite different in the, the, the fundamental structural costs of the business yes, though, yes, yes. yeah.
0: But there's something that you said um, earlier that I thought, yes, oh, I'm gonna add to, to this question. You talked about the one-to-one relationship with the customer. I think you talked sort of like about the customer journey is that going to change do you think um
1: well if you're you're not a digital first company probably but ultimately hospitality is all about being hospitable and welcoming guests into the hotel but I think it's about creating a relationship with your customer to give them the best offer the best you know experience Mm -hmm. that's You know, even in the budget sector, like Premier Inn, it's how do you make the customer feel as welcome as possible? Mm -hmm. And how do you give them the right message, right time? So that's that winning combination. And But it's not just in a digital environment. How does that flow through the whole customer journey into the hotel? And how do you make them... Um, I'd, I'd call it like a virtual red carpet without being a red carpet, you know, how do you make them feel welcome and recognised? And I think the future in hospitality is all about how do you recognise, truly recognise guests um, and their, their different requirements and, and deliver them.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, because this is the, the hospitality series, um, naturally there's going to be one or two questions that have been put to previous guests before however these guests worked in airlines and their tour operators transport executives etc so i'm asking as someone who has had extensive experience in the hotel business the hotel trade is this pandemic an opportunity to implement some of the changes needed in the hotel business if yes what are they um, I think yes, but I think some of them will be
1: um, universal across all businesses. So through the pandemic, hope that industries, all industries have learned to make decisions differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so much more agile, much you know, very much faster, especially the larger companies. So I think hopefully that could learn that learning will continue through and will probably be refl- reflected in the structure of the business going forward. There's there's the utilization of customer data now. A lot of companies are already on this path, but with ho- the hotel industry, it's often hard to get to a single customer identity, i.e., recognizing the mm-hmm. single customer. And I think that customer identity is going to be key, especially um in the hotel industry which has multiple distribution channels including quite a lot of third parties using yep, yep. online travel agents and such yep. with the um you know, changes that are happening with cookies, you know, getting less third-party cookies and things, it's gonna be so much more important to get um, guests to transact on your own website, so you can gather their information and and then use that information to to build that relationship, that data. And I think that is going to be key, is especially with um, hotels, especially using online travel agents, that who owns the customer, who's, where's the relationship with customer, is it the online travel agent, you know, booking or, or Expedia or the others, or is it the hotel? And, and working through that, I think that's going to be quite interesting. And I think all hotels are going to be wanting to reduce their distribution costs.
0: Mm-hmm. And of
1: course, direct is the best way forward for that. Um, not just in terms of the relationship, but obviously in terms of commissions and costs. So I think that is going to move forward. I think ultimately as well, there's going to be some restructure in the hotel industry. Um, some chains will, Want to divest certain hotels? Mm-hmm. Some, you know, small, small individual hotels may not survive this. So I think there's going to be some opportunities for um, restructuring of the the industry as well, um, and that will be quite interesting to see how that plays out. And the chain hotels, mm-hmm. unfortunately, for the small hotels, the independent hoteliers are in a, is in a much stronger position because of just being able to bear the costs through this.
0: so would you you expect more of the chain hotels um acquiring some of the smaller ones there'll be sort of uh, deals happening in that space do you think
1: yeah definitely in some in some places yes or if the small chain or small independent hotels don't survive being able to take advantage of that unaddressed audience Mm -hmm. that they had to Mm -hmm. encourage them to stay so it'll be a combination of the two um but i think that there is an opportunity, especially for the chains there.
0: And, and just as a side question, um, because of your background, in terms of marketing, how would marketing change in, in, in terms of customer acquisition as a result of the pandemic, or will, everything going back to normal, so to speak in terms of how things are done we know there's
1: going to be a digital angle to this well I, yeah it's, it's going to be digital and I think um there's going to be more refining of the, the way you know it, if you're if you're utilizing customer data you can target better you can give the right yeah. messages it can be more about that personal um so it might be less communication but more more pertinent communication yeah. um That actually will have a better output you know it should be win-win for the guest and for the hotel chain so i think that's got to be a key focus there's obviously going to be streamlining of systems um i think there's there's looking at what the brand means um what brand you know when we we were talking earlier about Mm -hmm. what innovations can be made what what does that mean i mean i think hotels have had to adapt completely around the whole hygiene you know hand washer stations the way the hotels are clean Mm -hmm. and things like that you know there'll be there'll be more work through that side of things on on sort of the back end side of hotels
0: yes i I think i heard uh, that even the breakfast buffet has been yeah
1: no. yeah it, it, there's no buffet yeah. well I don't know how long but for instance there's no buffet it's all served at table for instance yeah, yeah. yeah it's just the and there's a manpower issue around that but also tried to try to explain to a customer that it, it's still the great value it's still yeah. what they expect it's you know or maybe it's even better what they, than they are used to so it's, it's getting over those um maybe you know mm-hmm. worries and things from the guest side of things that things aren't just you know yeah. clean yeah. and everything because obviously that's a key message but how it how it will also enhance their stay
0: mm-hmm. but because um your expertise and your role you've been sort of the director of digital marketing um what's the question i had in mind and it's gone out of my head but it will come back to me have there been sort of any digital products born out of this um pandemic that has helped um, in the hospitality industry well, I, I mean, I think there's there's always
1: quick starter apps that are going to come up, and and I think not in hospitality, from my experience, there haven't been many, but I have a feeling there's a lot sitting in the wings yeah. that are all that are waiting for the funding, and obviously the people have been waiting for the hospitality market to kick start. I mean, I know there's various video offerings and and you know things to help hoteliers do their marketing. Obviously, Martech, you know, marketing technology has is complete. Continually evolving. But I do think there's going to be a lot of things that are going to come, come very quickly um, once the funding's released. Yes. Um, and that will be, you know, very interesting to watch.
0: Interesting times. Um, okay. So uh, we always end an episode um, with looking into the future. And you've just talked about some of the stuff. Um, the answers may not be bright and uplifting, nevertheless, it provides my listeners with something to watch out for, as told by the experts and leaders in in the field. So beyond the COVID crisis, what are the big themes which will drive and shape chain hotels and the industry as a whole? Um, I think international movement
1: um, on, on how those restrictions, you know, will they be open forever or will that be ever a shifting thing Mm -hmm. of how people can move between countries? Um, Because that obviously affects hospitality. Mm -hmm. How working from home and the impact on sort of business travel, Mm -hmm. how will people feel about that? Um, I still think there's a pent up, there's going to be a pent up demand and there will be people still want to talk face to face, but potentially they'll talk face to face, you know, once every fourth meeting rather than every meeting, for instance, how, how are hotel chains going to work with that. And I think that is going to be the key thoughts on, you know, and as well as just keeping up how do we how does everyone feel safe and comfortable in the environment especially when they're away from their home because everyone's been so used to being at home for so long you know some people are very nervous um and feeling sort of trepidatious about leaving their house how are we going to help people other people are desperate to leave so it's like (laughs) working through the two
0: yeah and uh, as i said i was I, i was talking to um previous guests in the hospitality series and he said that the customer priority has sort of changed it's kind of done a flip it's no longer about luxury and brand it's about does this place make me feel safe
1: yes and i and and i I
0: think that that's that's going to be something goes wrong those sort of things
1: yeah and i think it's all about cleanliness safety and that security of can i change this can i cancel it which perhaps people were willing to pay a cheaper price before for a non-cancellable price non-cancellable booking mm-hmm. will people feel the same about that going forward so the whole price structure would, might potentially
0: have to change long term so there's quite a bit of change there but it's, you know it's been a, a very concise conversation with you um Camplum. many thanks for your time and insights brilliant thank you very much for the time elaine thank you Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, decision makers, and heads of multinationals. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.